KXNO Des Moines. Now, today's biggest stories from the BMW of Des Moines Sports Desk. This is an X's and O's update on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And I'm Trent Condon. Iowa Nick Nurse is NBA champions with his Toronto Raptors. The Baca end for him. Van Vliet gets a wide open look. Puts it in. Fred Van Vliet. Van Vliet with 22 off the bench in the Toronto 114-110 win as they take the series four games to two on the call from ABC. Nick Nurse, your thoughts? Well, it's a really tough-minded group, first of all. And uh, some guys that have played a lot of basketball. I think they played unselfishly and they played defense. That's a pretty good combination. To baseball from yesterday, the Twins' bats continue to stay hot. This time, Nelson Cruz. One and two. To the left field corner. Deep and gone! Nelson Cruz with his 12th. Call from Dick Bremer, Fox Sports North. For Nelson Cruz, Twins win it 10-5. Tigers and Royals played a game yesterday in Omaha before the College World Series, and Nicky Lopez goes deep for the first time in his career. His first career Major League home run in the ballpark where he played his home games as a collegiate. Home run number one, matches the jersey for the former Creighton Blue Jay, played his college baseball right here. In a 7-3 Royals victory. White Sox hosting the Yankees, and Garcia goes deep for the Pale Hose. 3-2, breaking ball in the air, right field, Tottenham back. The wall, he doesn't matter. The Sox have the lead. Garcia makes it five to four. Tonight, the Cardinals are at the Mets. The Twins host the Royals. White Sox Yankees game two. And on the left coast, Milwaukee is in San Francisco while the Cubs face the Dodgers. Live from the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson Studios, you'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Alex Halstead momentarily on Iowa State. We should take a minute, Trent, to tip our cap to congratulate uh, broadcasters in this building. Uh, The Iowa Broadcast Hall of Fame has named its inductee. I guess it's only one a year. Really? Yeah, I think so. They only do uh, one a year in the 2019 inductees into the Iowa Broadcasting Hall of Fame. I'll give the audience a minute to figure that out. Is no, it's not. No? No, it's not him. No? It's Van and Bonnie. That is well-deserved. Absolutely. I mean, they have stood the test of time. An institution in radio. They really are. Now, help me out with this. And I think I've got it right. It was Van and Connie. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. And I was I was never here with Connie. And Bonnie's a huge Bronco fan. Yes. Look, they're both absolute salt-of-the-earth people. Mm-hmm. They truly are. Van Harden is his, he's an Iowan. Yeah, he's an Iowan, right? Kind of goes with uh, the what we've talked about a lot today. Yes, absolutely. Um, and they've been on WHO. And they start their show early, four fifty-five in the morning. I mean, you can't even wait till that five o'clock. They no. get five minutes early. I don't know what that. What's that? Why that is? Do they get credit for the four o'clock? I, I honestly don't yeah. know. You know, you think, it's a good question. Oh, why not five oh eight? No, nope, that's how better to be if I was at that boat. Really would the rooster crows and Van and Bonnie are on the air. So hats off to them um, from uh, for getting that uh, reward and that honors. They join the list, and 
Um, about time, right? I'm not sure why it took this long, to be honest with you. When you look at some of the people on the list, no offense to any of them, but uh, Van and Bonnie uh, doing that for a long time. Congratulations to our friend down the hall, Duke Mornings on WHO. This is Jerry's story bothers me. It bothers me um, that he came wherever he was watching the game from, if he was in a seat behind the bench or wherever he was, I don't know, in a tunnel somewhere. Of course, he's on the road, so maybe he doesn't have that good of access. But for him to be restrained as he tried to get on the floor and celebrate with his with his team, with the coach that he took an unbelievable amount of arrows for firing the coach of the year and bringing in this lifetime assistant in the NBA. Sure, he's been a head coach, but of all places, Britain. Right. Iowa? You kidding me? What does that have to do with becoming an NBA head coach? And for him not to be... I mean, where's NBA security, Trent? That that has to be... Somebody dropped the ball in a big way there. This is it's a moment of a lifetime. Yeah. And an overzealous cop in this case? Let's I, hope that's not the case, but very well could be. Indeed. All right, let's switch gears. Congratulations, Fan and Bonnie. Uh, Bill Bender coming up in about 15 minutes. So let's talk Iowa State, shall we? He's Alex Halstead, CycloneAlert.com, part of 24-7 Sports. It is a massive recruiting weekend football-wise. Uh, up in Ames and Alex joins us to help us out with that as well as a few other things. Uh, am I misleading the audience uh, with how big this weekend potentially could be for Iowa State recruiting, Alex Halstead? No, I think it's the beginning of a stretch, I would say. I'd say this weekend is kind of like the, the appetizer, and next weekend is the bigger weekend. But this weekend's going to have four big visitors, and then, you know, next week, uh, I think next weekend I've got probably 10-plus names. Oh, wow. So over the next two weeks, you know, beginning this week and into next week, they're going to have a dozen-plus of their top targets. And so I think you could say this is the beginning of a, a big recruiting stretch as it pertains to 2020. I was going to say, are these all 2020 or some 2021 kids, or are these all uh, on the cusp, if you will? Yeah, so these are all 2020 kids okay. taking official visits. They they started it this week with an unofficial visitor, um, Aiden Bitter, a foot three receiver from Florida. He was in town Monday through Wednesday. They had a tight end in town, and then this weekend, They'll have four 2020 guys in the next weekend, uh, about uh, 10 plus at least that I've confirmed so far. And then you throw in a camp next Thursday. That's their last camp of the summer. That will bring in some 2021 prospects. So there's going to be a good mix, but these next two weeks are probably the biggest two weeks, arguably, I guess, of this recruiting cycle for them. Who are the four that uh, you've been able to confirm will be on campus this weekend? So it's kind of led off by uh, Aaron Witt, uh, defensive end from Winona, Minnesota. He's uh, really, Iowa, Minnesota, and Iowa State were the first three schools on him last fall, and he ended up committing to Minnesota in November. But last month, he backed off that pledge, and it's really right now a battle between Iowa and Iowa State. He said, Iowa State this weekend will go to Iowa next weekend. Uh, Wisconsin's in that mix. He's actually about as close as to the, to the University of Wisconsin in being from Winona as he is to Minnesota. So that's mm. the school he's grown up with. They haven't offered, but he will camp there. So it's looking like an Iowa-Iowa State battle, but Wisconsin's working there as well. The other three visitors this weekend are all from Texas. Um, that's a state that they, I think, have five kids from under Campbell. So it's been a little bit lighter as they focused a lot on the Midwest. But they'll still recruit some of their top targets there. And uh, the top guy from Texas coming up is Daniel Jackson, a six foot one receiver. They think he's one of the best, you know, inside receivers in this class. And uh, he's got 15 Power Five offers. You know, he's just at Arizona State. He's got offers from around the country but he will be up from the San Antonio area. And then two other San Antonio area prospects will come with him. They all kind of know each other. They're both safeties. One's named Jordan Morgan and the other Mason Chambers. They will be up here as well. So that's the, the four this weekend and the next weekend. You're going to see a lot of big-time prospects. Uh, kind of went off by Blaze Gunnarsson. You guys were, I think, talking about Nick Nurse. He's uh, 
plays Gunnison from uh, Kemper Catholic as well, you know, mm. same school there. And uh, he's at Nebraska this weekend, so that's big, you know, for Nebraska to get him in. And then next weekend, he kind of headlines Iowa State's group coming in next weekend. Uh, Alex Halstead, uh, Cyclone Alert, part of 24-7 Sports is our guest. Alex, is there a a part of the country that, that Iowa State is maybe, it seems like they're going everywhere, but is, is is that just perception? Are they everywhere, or is there an area maybe they don't concentrate? And I know Florida's not the answer to that question, but they do. But is there an area that they maybe not, that they've decided, you know, let's just focus over here and let's stay away from there? Is that, is there, what what would there be if there is one? Well, they've definitely started closer to home. I think uh, I'd have to go look at my numbers and compare the seven years of Paul Rhodes to now the four-plus years of Campbell, but the Midwest percentage is much, much higher. So you're seeing them start in, in especially, obviously, Iowa, but they're going into Minnesota a lot more now. They've got three commits from Minnesota in this class after, I think, having just one or two in the previous five classes. And so they're, they're trying to get into Minnesota more, Illinois, Wisconsin, uh, South Dakota. They had two kids from South Dakota last year. So you're seeing obviously the Midwest, but they're still spot recruiting other areas. You know, Florida is still a big state for them. California and Arizona have become big states for them. I think Texas would be the one state where you say they're not ignoring it, but they're not willing to go down to Texas and just take kids that, you know, I think under Rhodes, he got into taking maybe too many flyers mm-hmm. on kids. Yep. If they go down to Texas, they want to take kids that those Texas schools also want, you know, the Baylors and the TCUs. They want, and then I think that's right. They need to be competing against those Texas schools and not competing necessarily as much against Georgia Southern down in Texas. So when you you, know, you look at they in four recruiting classes had five kids from the state of Texas under Campbell. That's a much lower percentage. I mean, it's it's incredibly lower than Paul Rhodes. But the kids they're bringing up this weekend all have big Power Five offers, and I think that's kind of the thing is they still want those kids but they're not going to reach on Texas kids, and I think that's been one of the biggest differences. Alex, Ken and I were talking right before the show, and there's availability for Iowa basketball early this week. Next week, Iowa football is going to have some. Anything coming up this summer for Iowa State that you know about, either basketball or football-wise with a couple of players and the head coach or even an assistant coach? You guys going to get any of that this summer that you know of? Football, there's not a ton of. You know, Big 12 media days are about a week, or not a week, a month away, Um, so you know, that would be coming up in terms of football. And they'll have Campbell, obviously, and four players. I think they probably will do something for basketball. Typically, when they do their overseas trip, they do something for basketball because they're going to start ramping up soon. I think they start their workouts next week, uh, and then they're going to get 10 additional practices and that sort of thing going into August, you know, when they go over to Italy. So I think, you know, basketball will see something. Uh, football is kind of spot. So I think if you request somebody, you can typically get somebody in the summer. Um, their freshmen just arrived. Uh, you know, Michael Petway, Justin Bickham, their transfers are in town. And so I think you could start seeing stuff on with maybe those guys soon. Not the freshmen. They can't talk for the first year, but maybe those transfers. So this is kind of the dead time, but yeah. you know, Big 12 media days will ramp up. And then also, you know, I do think we'll talk to Prone probably relatively soon. And obviously you got Cap City League around the corner, which is when we'll start talking to some of those newcomers, which there's a lot for basketball. Six guys, I think, uh, coming into the Good. program. And starting their workouts next week. Um, and, and you met, the Iowa State's going on a foreign trip, right? Is it Italy? Is that where they're going? Yeah, so it's a 10-day trip. Yeah. Um, forgetting the exact 10-day span, but it's right in the middle of August. And so they get extra practice. Right. And Prome said that's going to be big and bringing in six new players. Uh, indeed. Alex Halstead is our guest. Alex, David Montgomery signed his contract with the Bears yesterday. Uh, have I missed this? Is Butler signed, you know, with, uh, with Arizona? Has he put uh, pen to paper? Yeah, that one actually happened really fast. That's my thought, yeah. Agreed right away because they put out a press release not too long after 
um, the NFL draft, and I actually probably I kind of just assumed Montgomery had signed until I saw Adam Schefter tweet and everything. But uh, you know, you made it when Adam Schefter's tweet about you signing <laughs> nice. your rookie deal. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, if you had to guess, it's hard to do so, right? I mean, rookie quarterback, rookie coach in Arizona. Uh, the Bears seemingly got everything. They got a lot of parts. Montgomery seems to me like, well, maybe not though, because Butler's such a matchup nightmare. I guess where I'm going is, it's, it's kind of like splitting hairs. I think that both of these, and we haven't seen Iowa State kids get drafted. Now we got two of them. Um, seems to me like both of these kids could have major impacts in their rookie campaigns with their respective teams. Yeah, I think now that the dust has settled a little bit, it looks like both have ended up maybe in perfect situations. Yeah. One, I think, you look at Montgomery going to obviously uh, a, a offensive style like Matt Nagy, who had Kareem Hunt, and that's an easy, always been an easy comparison because of the Matt Campbell connection. But I think he fits in that offense. And between the other two running backs, he's a little bit different there. And I think I've seen Bears reporters, you know, throw out fifty percent that that Montgomery could have fifty percent of the carries, and then those other two guys maybe split the fifty percent or involved in the passing game. So if you can go in to Chicago and get fifty percent of the carries, even in your rookie season, I think. He's set up really well, uh, especially behind one of the better offensive lines in the NFL. And um, It's a little bit ironic coming from the Iowa State situation he had where he had to maybe fight for a little bit more. And then he switched over to Hakeem Butler, and I think he's been rooming with Kyler Murray at least through some of the camp. And so, you know, developing a connection there, but also you mentioned it is a rookie quarterback and a mm-hmm. new head coach, but it's an air raid system, and I think he fits perfectly into probably what Cliff Kingsbury wants to do. And so, They've got a lot of receivers there, but I think he's going to get a shot at least. And um, uh, for that reason, I think him and Montgomery both went to good situations, it looks like, on the surface. Indeed, and even though it's probably only going to be for one year, just being in the same receiver's room with Larry Fitzgerald for uh, for the fall months uh, certainly can't hurt a, a, a kid's career. Last thing for you, I know Trent's got one on basketball, so I'll finish up with me, let Trent uh, end it here. Um, when, when are we going to find out the UNI kickoff time, do you think? Is that something that um, might happen I would think it would happen before Big 12 media days. We'll know by then at the latest, but is that potentially coming any day now that we'll know whether indeed you and I and Iowa State will kick at night as they've seemingly done the uh, uh, with that first home game of the regular season over the last few years? When will we hear? Yeah, I would think the next couple of weeks to a month we'll know you and I, and that's going to be on Cyclones.tv, but obviously still needs a kickoff time. Um, and so there's that game. I think we'll probably also find out about Louisiana Monroe sooner than later. So my guess is once they know both of those, maybe they'll announce them both at the same time and they'll at least know their non-conference schedule going in. In terms of the Big 12 schedule, that's something that, you know, there's a two-week window basically on all those games. And so they could put times on some of them, but a lot of times lately they've been waiting for the two-week window every week with those games. And so they've, they've scheduled some of the Thursday games. I think the Big 12 has to have four Thursday games. Iowa State doesn't appear to be involved in any of those this year. So you know, we should know the non-conference games, you and I and Louisiana Monroe soon, but I think the Big 12 schedule, it might be a two, every two weeks we found out, find out a new kickoff time. Back to the Capital City League to let you go, Alex Halstead, joining us, CycloneAlert.com. The, uh, each of the six teams have two Cyclones on them. Of those twosomes, which one are you looking most forward to seeing? What, what combo of Cyclones are you looking forward to seeing on the hardwood this summer? Dang, I have to rack my brain for what they all are again. But uh, <laughs> I think I, I think the one with uh, Jacobs, and I'm forgetting, I'm blanking on who he's with. He's with Caleb Grill. Um, that's the one. Yeah, I think that that yeah, that's an interesting one because you know we all know the Cap City League is uh, kind of a shooters league, mm-hmm. and so Caleb Grill obviously has that, and you know Jacobson kind of dominated that uh, a little bit last year. Um, there's also the one in, um, with uh, 
the high school kid. Um, I'm forgetting how to say his first name, but uh, uh, he's like a, he's like, we have him as a five star in 2020. Oh yeah, he's relocated, relocated, and so uh, that's an interesting team too because you got a couple of Iowa State players, a couple of Drake players, but you got a five star 2020 kid out there. Hmm. It'll be a fun summer, indeed. Alex Halstead, CycloneAlert.com. Alex, thanks for coming on. We'll talk to you next week. This is a busy week. Next week is going to be busier, and we'll pick your brain on it. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you, Alex. Yeah, thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. Yeah, good to talk to you. You do the same. Alex Halstead, CycloneAlert.com. My favorite twosome, the Walnut Creek YMCA. And who is it? Rasir Bolton. Yes. Coming in from Penn State. Mm -hmm. And Mercedes Leach. Remember, this was a kid that, as a freshman, he was really highly ranked. It was... Kentucky and Duke and Carolina were sniffing yes, on. Yes, Had yes, yes, yes. A couple yes. of different injuries. Yep. Most everybody backed off, and Iowa State nabbed him. Let's mm-hmm. see where he is on that recovery. And Bolton still needs a decision, right? Because his yes. now the speculation was when he signed that they. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. KXNO in your pocket with iHeartRadio on your smartphone. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Bill Bender, Sporting News. Boy, this is a good one, Trent. We talked about earlier about Bill's list, the top uh, ranked, the, uh, the Big Ten coaches, 1 through 14. Kirk mm-hmm. Ferentz checking in at number 7. We'll get the Bill in a moment on that one. But his latest, who's next? The Raptors and the Blues have now won championships. Who's going to be that next team? Well, it's an easy answer. You guys won't get it. Oh, you, you're, I know where you're heading as you came out very strongly with that. You think the Winnipeg Jets. Well, that's the right answer. Tyler next to me here in the studio. He says the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, too tough the division. Central division, the NHL stuff, too. It is. Uh, Bill's top of the, well, let's get him in here. Bill, a uh, really good list. It's list season after all. I don't think I've seen this one. And obviously with the Raptors and the Blues leaving that list of teams, uh, it opens up a whole, uh, takes two off of that list and opens up a whole new category. I like what you've done here. Bill Bender, how are you? Um, and how many people got together, uh, at the sporting news and came up? Or is this just a Bill Bender project? No, I I got input from our other guys. I I kind of was thinking about it ahead, you know. Um, and it to be it's one qualifier. It's Super Bowls, not NFL championships. So we included the Lions and the Browns. I think that's how most people yep. in the modern era look at football, right? Absolutely. We don't, of, we don't look at the Browns as a '64. So with that in mind, you said Winnipeg, their top ten team. The Vikings are outside of the top ten, and we put the Milwaukee Brewers number one. I love I it. Think I think it's their time. You know, I think it's mm-hmm. their time to go get it. And then um, I guess NFL, I mean, we put the Texans, but that was after talking to the NFL guys. 
Browns are right there at number three. What a world we live in. Yeah, really. (laughs) Indeed. I make it good for us and obviously for you with your proximity. Uh, And we have you on as often as we do if indeed Cleveland does make a run in this thing. Uh, Why the – see, I would have put the Browns ahead of the Texans. That's just personal preference. Um, They've both got dynamic quarterbacks. J.J. Watt is, is fantastic. Hopkins is an unbelievable player. But the Browns have built very quietly, too, since they were on hard knocks. Where they've gone from hard knocks until now, that is a complete overhaul of that roster. Yeah, the Texans fired their GM, too. Yes. So, I mean, if you said Browns, I'm fine with that. But I think the Texans have all the same things the Browns do. They have an awesome defensive end. They have a receiver. Um, they have a quarterback, franchise quarterback. And they beat the Browns last year. So, basically, I'm qualifying it with, Make Cleveland go beat Houston. Maybe they go do it in the playoffs. That'd be fun. Um, but those are the two teams we're kind of eyeballing there. You mentioned hockey. Um, Winnipeg, San Jose. I think Vegas was our top hockey team. It was, yep. But it, there was four Western Conference teams right there, though. So Nashville is the other one, yep. Nashville, yeah. And then um, NBA, I, I think we kind of did this last minute. Like, I had the Nuggets lower until about – 11.30 last night when Clay hmm. tore his ACL because the trigger effect there, I think, and it's kind of common sense, if Durant and Clay are out, teams are going to go, they should, go for the pin via free agency this summer. Well, here's another angle to the NBA side of it. The Clippers, another team that's never won a title. If Kawhi ends up with the Clippers, as many anticipate, they're going to vault up there uh, I towards thought we the talked top. about that, that he's staying in Toronto. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Your Canadian is showing again, Ken. Thank you, Parker. Yeah. Yes, you're right. Yeah. It's going to be hard to pull him out now. I think it'll be a little bit harder to pull him out now. Just because, I hope so. Um, you know, what happened this run they did. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's the, the Brooklyn could be different if Kyrie goes there. The Clippers, obviously, would be different if Kawhi goes there. I think they're the team. They've yet They've been good, but they've never really just pushed all in. When's that going to happen? Is it this summer? So, again, I mean, that would be the trigger of – back to the Warriors and all these free agency dominoes is I think some teams feel like, hey, we can go for it now, and we might as well. And You know, um, it was fun, though. I, I liked looking at it just because, you know, it, it was fun to see the teams that haven't, how close they are. I mean, if you're the Phoenix Suns fan, I'm sorry, but you're in dead last right now. <laughs> Tough place to be. Where did you have the Chargers on your list? They're up there. They were top five as well. Okay. Browns ahead of them. Well, and it's also by sport by sport, so – and Ken knows this with hockey. I mean, it, we, I was talking with our hockey editor, and it's, you know, if, if let's say Ottawa won the cup last year, we'd all say, well, that's hockey, guys. Mm. That's how it is. Um, with the NFL, I think there's a certain level of competition where the Chargers are capable of winning it. But, you know, you got to go through the Chiefs in the AFC. Mm-hmm. you got to go in, the, in your own division. Um, MLB is another one where I think that's almost become, when they get in, it's, it's anybody's game if you get in. Um and that's why I kind of like the Brewers. And that leaves the NBA. The NBA has had the least wiggle room because we can predict the finals in July <laughs> yeah. for the next year, most of the time. But maybe that's the impact of last night with again with these injuries. Yeah, we got a 50% right, though, did yeah. we not? Everybody had Golden State. Well, let's get to your Big Ten rankings, Bill, because it's that time of year, right? You, you put it out there, and you're going to get a ton of blowback. I get it. Um, but at the same time, that's good for, good for business. The the one that Trent and I both questioned was Ryan Day, who who may end up being number one on this list in a couple of years. But, you know, just the body of work, the limited body of work. And then for me, it's Pat Fitzgerald, who I'm a huge fan of. 
he you had him ranked at number five, and if if I'm to move him up, that was means I'd have to move either Harbard, Antonio Franklin, or Chris down, and that gets difficult to find which one of those guys you're going to move down if you're going to move one up. Pat Fitzgerald, to me, this was a difficult list to come up with. I have an, I I have a feeling, Bill. Big Ten was harder to do than ever this year because Urban's gone. Yeah, and I like the that was easy. One and yep. I was easy to have one and then go from there. We have Harbaugh one. People don't like that, but. You know, I kind of defended it. I, it's almost like a one-year default setting is how I put it. Um, because he has beat D'Antonio. He has beat Franklin. He's beat most of the guys in the West. It's funny you mentioned Fitzgerald. I argued with a buddy on text the other night. He said Fitzgerald should be one. And I said, mm. I, you know, I get where you're coming from, but no. <laughs> I, I mean, you got to win. And, and the guys that say Harbaugh hasn't won anything, I think Harbaugh would have won the West a few times without Urban Meyer in his way. I mean, I know that's not an excuse, but, um, you know, so, and with Ryan Day, I think we're going to get to see him prove it because the five guys I have in front of him, they play all five teams and they play um, Scott Frost as well. I guess they skipped Ferentz. So I'd, I'll tell you this, just since you guys are in Iowa, I got no blowback whatsoever about where I had Ferentz. I'm not surprised. And I did get a little about having Campbell where I did. But I really like Matt Campbell. You guys know that. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a pretty – I wanted to go a little bit higher, to be honest with you. And I I think you're going to have that opportunity. And I think he's just going to continue to rise up the ranks. With Ferrets, if, say, he wins another West Division and another Big Ten title in the next couple of years, how much higher on this list could he go? We're not talking national championship, anything like that. But gets another title in there. I mean, it's just like Survivor. I mean, maybe he he moves up into that D'Antonio range. I mean, he he's just there, and he's there every year. And, um, you know, a couple of Nebraska fans were a little upset I had him ahead of Frost. Oh, but geez. to me, it's a, go okay, Scott Frost, go beat Turk Ferentz. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll move, you know, and go yeah. beat the other seven teams that you lost to, or at least in the Big Ten. So it was tough. I mean, it, it really was tough with, I think about when I got to Ryan Day is when it got hard because I will say this about Ryan Day and defend that ranking this way. He did coach last year technically when there was all that stuff going on. Mm -hmm. It could have easily lost TCU. I think there's a little bit different vibe around Columbus now, a little sunnier outlook because no Urban Meyer's of that old school. And you know, you all know the word that gets used to describe coaches like that. And that's what he was. And um, Ryan's a little, I, you know, I'm sure behind closed doors it's a different story, but he is very – it's a funny outlook in Columbus right now. Uh, last year you had Matt Campbell, 34. You've elevated him all the way to uh, – he's in the top 25. Uh, he's 23. He's right behind, what, Mac Brown or Ryan, Ryan Day, right? And uh, But Mac Brown's close on that list. But let's go to the top of that list. And I think most people would, you know, have no problem with Saban 1. Uh, Dabo too. It's uh, once you get past that, it gets a little bit, um, you know, room for some discussion here. Jimbo Fisher at three, Kirby Smart four, and Lincoln Riley at five. How much um, consternation, I guess, back and forth with Jimbo Fisher being placed where you have him at three? You know, I, it was a little bit, but I mean, he's got a natty, and I, I'm starting to see him do what he did early at Florida State at A and M. I mean, granted, Alabama's in their division, and, you know, a lot of people want Kirby at three, but it's kind of like Kirby's got to go win a national championship, maybe. 
And, and you know, once you do the top two, and there were people that think Dabo should be ahead of Saban. And if he does beat Saban again this year, I'll probably put Dabo number one mm-hmm. next year. I, I In fact, I will. I'll, I'll just tell you guys that now because it would be three out of four and back-to-back. It would be hard not to put him number one at that point. Um, but really, once you get past, I think, Chris Peterson at six, the list really opens up their interpretation. There are people that don't think Harbaugh should be in the top 10. There are people that don't think Ed Orgeron should be 15. Um, and that's where it got hard. I mean, my editor and I went back and forth on some of these guys and pulled some teeth on a couple guys. He's an SEC grad from Alabama. So it's interesting when I argue SEC with him and he argues Big Ten guys with me and how, how there's that give and take with that. Uh, Bill Bender from the Sporting News. I guess you can see these lists at sportingnews.com, NCAA football. Of course, where you find this one, but uh, sportingnews.com if you want to follow those lists. Jimbo Fisher at three. We talked about it a little bit here. You mentioned the national championship. It is a huge, huge mountain to climb with Alabama in front of you. The SEC, the SEC West, and just everything there. Yes, no proposition. Does Jimbo Fisher win a national? How about this? Play for a national title in his career at Texas A&M? Yes or no, mm, Bill Bennett? I think he'll get to the playoff. Okay. I think he'll get to the playoff. It's just a matter of how long, a little bit of how long Saban coaches. I, I would say within two, not this year, maybe next year, definitely the one after that, that A&M will be Alabama's top competition in the SEC West because of the recruiting he's doing. I trust them a little bit more than LSU and Auburn over a three-year stretch. Um I'll play this game with you guys. So somebody asked me this this morning. Who Who is going to win a national championship at their school first that's not Kirby Smart? So you cheat and you say the next three the first, for their first national title. And I think most likely to me would be a, either Tom Herman yep, that's or I'm Dan going. Mullen. I think Dan Mullen at Florida. I like that setup there. Lincoln Riley? Um, Lincoln Riley, but yeah, I, I like Lincoln Riley too, but kind of seen it in the playoff twice. They're, mm-hmm, they're going to have to alter some things when they get there. Um, that's my point with them. And maybe, you know, maybe Ryan Day. Um, yeah. Those are kind of the ones I, I like. And then I think Ed Orgeron and Jim Harbaugh are just in the same boat. That mm-hmm. Maybe they make the playoff, but they've just got that big hurdle within their own division. They've got to clear first. Uh, last thing for me, Bill Bender from the Sporting News is our guest. And, Bill, you had James Franklin very high. I think you had him three in the in the Big Ten. You've got him 14 overall. If you were looking for a coach that's maybe about to, you know, got a bit of a slide here, saw they're losing recruits one after another for one of their upcoming recruiting classes. It just seems to me that Penn State's, not plateaued maybe, but uh, maybe some – not difficult times, that's not the way to put it, but maybe a bit of a slide backwards for Penn State and James Franklin. Is he the most likely to you know, to drop in the next couple of years of this list? Mark D'Antonio has dropped a little bit. That's a good bit. one, he too. Top yeah. five a few years ago. Um, they've got a good defense that they're excited about. They need to be better on offense. To answer your question about Franklin, and I've talked to you guys for years, I feel like we always criticize Harbaugh and we never – never really criticized Franklin for the big game failures. And I was at the two Ohio State games and knowing that he's 3-12 and 12 against mm. uh, Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State, knowing that, you know, what if they lose that Iowa game a couple years ago? Where does the season go from there? Um, you know, on the line, and I didn't mean to reopen that wound for you guys, but, I mean, 
Yeah, this is a pivotal season for them. The recruiting is worth watching. They don't have Trace McSorley. They don't have Saquon Barkley. I think Franklin is a positive coach that sometimes rubs people the wrong way. And I talked to him about it last year, and he, he you know, he's pretty open about it. He's going to do this the way he wants to. Um, he has upgraded the program, certainly. But with the upgrades comes expectations, and that Big Ten championship brought those along. I just can't believe that you have Will Hilly ahead of Walt Bell at 129 and 130 at the bottom of the list. <laughs> you know, you know, I, I tell this story all the time. I had a coach, and I'm not going to tell you which one. I was talking to him. He said, I remember I saw Sporting News had me 130 in their ranking. Matt Hayes was doing them at the time, so I'll throw Matt under the bus. <laughs> um, but uh, I laughed, and I was like, you know what? I want Walt Bell to do well. I want Will Healy to do well because that – then they can maybe say that to me someday, how wrong I was, and I will gladly take it. Who's the lowest-ranked Power 5 conference? I'm going through Ooh. it here, Charlie. Oh, is it Lovey Smith? Or no, Chris Ash, Probably right? Lovey, Lovey or Chris Ash. Yeah. Both Big Ten. I think it is Chris Ash. It is. Because this is a year where I thought it would materialize a little bit at Rutgers. It mm-hmm. just hasn't. Uh, Lovey, it's just been – just doesn't fit, you know? And I like Lovey. He's a nice guy. He's pretty open. But it has not fit as of yet. And, and again, when you talk about the Big Ten West, we're in June, and there's six of the seven teams probably feel like they can win that That's thing. True. I don't think Illinois really believe, like most Illinois fans probably don't believe they can win that division. Every other outpost in the Big Ten West has some number of fans that truly believe they can win the division, and I think they're right. I'm with you. We will see Lovey Smith for the final time at Big Ten Media Days coming up in Chicago. That's I don't think that's going very far in a limb. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Bill, love it. Great stuff. Sporting News, as we can see all of that stuff. Uh, whet your appetites, college football fans. BillBenderSportingNews.com. Good to talk to you, Bill. Look forward to next week already. Yeah, I, I told Trent I'm off to some yard sales to get some cheap lawn equipment. I'll talk to you guys later. All right, pal. Thanks, see Bill. You. Bill Bender uh, from the Sporting News. Good stuff there with our one of our national guys, and we're grateful to have him. One uh, lower on the list I was a little bit surprised by, Lane Kiffin at 82. Is it really? Yeah, that's that's a good one. Um, he had him last year mm-hmm. at 43. What a Boy, drop that's that. a huge drop. Yeah. Had a, that great first year uh-huh. at Florida Atlantic and then did drop off last year, but... 82. Interesting. Well, and we're running short on time, so let's do it right let's now. Get First to four it. callers, 2845966. We'll give you the props. You give us the answers. It's time to give away Claxon's Barbecue, 2845966. Back to do that as we wrap up a Friday here. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460.com. Sports Radio in Iowa starts and ends right here. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon. Final segment of the week is where we give away Claxon's Barbecue. Claxon's 3131 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. Check them out online, Claxon, C-L-A-X-O-N-B-B-Q.com, Claxon bbq.com or find them on 8th Street Southwest in Altoona 3131 uh, in business for over 20 years in Altoona. We'll give you the four questions. In fact, David, Jim, Corey and Josh, you guys can all hear me, so I'm going to run through the questions right now. Well, will Ricky Fowler finish within four and a half shots of the winner? Uh Justin Rose leads, he's 6 under. 
Uh, Fowler is one shot back right now. Uh, tomorrow night, Calgary and Ottawa collide in the CFL. Calgary's an eight and a half point favorite. Uh, Baltin, Baltimore's hosting Boston. In a three-game set, will Baltimore win a game? Will Javi Baez hit a home run uh, in the Dodgers in the remaining three games? And the tiebreaker is how many saves in baseball tonight? There are 16 games as the Cardinals and the Mets will finish up a suspended game from last night. So 16 save opportunities. That'll be our closest without going over. And David kicks things off. David, how are you? I'm good, guys. How are you? Doing fine. Will Ricky Fowler finish within four and a half shots of the winner? Yes. Calgary's an eight-and-a-half-point favorite over Ottawa in the Grey Cup rematch tomorrow night as the season up north is underway. Uh, yeah, I'll take Calgary. Taking Calgary, laying the points. Boston is in Baltimore this weekend. Will Baltimore win a game? <laughs> also, they'll win a game. All right. How about Javi Baez? Uh, will he hit a home run in Dodger Stadium this weekend? Ooh. Sure, why not? Why not? Here's the tiebreaker, David. Uh, saves in MLB tonight. Closest without going over. There'll be 16 opportunities potentially. Of course, not all of them will have, but how many? Oh, gosh. I, geez. Not my strong point here. Um, I'll go seven. All right, David. Thank you, man. Have a good weekend. Thank you, too. I uh, appreciate it. Uh, Jim is next. Jim, how are you? Good. How's it going, guys? Good, thank you. Uh, will Ricky Fowler finish within four and a half shots of the winner? Yes. Stan Peters, eight and a half over the Red Blacks tomorrow. I'll take Calgary. Baltimore win a game this weekend. They host the Red Sox. Uh, no. Will Baez hit a home run in the remaining three games this weekend at Dodger Stadium? No. Saves an MLB tonight. Nine. Nine, and that's closer without going over. Jim, thank you. Have a good weekend. Yep. Uh, Corey is next as we give away Claxon's Barbecue, Claxon's in Altoona. Hi, Corey. Hello. Uh, will Ricky Fowler finish within four and a half shots of the winner? No. Calgary's an eight and a half point favorite over Ottawa on the CFL tomorrow night on ESPN2. Do, do I get the points? I wasn't sure on If you want to, if you take Ottawa, you get eight and a half. I'll take the points. Taking the points in Ottawa. Boston is in Baltimore for a three-game set. Will Baltimore win a game? No. Javi Baez, three games this weekend left at Dodger Stadium. Does he hit a home run? No. Ha saves in MLB tonight. Closest without going over. Eight. Thanks, Corey. Have a good weekend. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. And Josh brings it to a close for another week. Hi, Josh. How are you? Pretty good. Yourself? Fine, thank you. Ricky Fowler, does he finish within four and a half shots of the winner in the U.S. Open? He does, yeah. This isn't part of it, but on a scale of one to ten, one being not at all, ten being I can't wait, how excited are you the uh, CFL starting their season? <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Calgary's an eight and a half point favorite over Ottawa tomorrow night. Who are you going to take in that one? Well, I'll get some buy-in. I guess I'm excited now. I'll I will take Calgary. Taking Calgary, laying the eight and a half as they look to defend their Grey Cup. Thank you for that, Josh. And then uh, Boston and Baltimore, three game set in Baltimore. Will Baltimore win a game? I do not think they will. Okay. Does Baez hit a home run in Dodger Stadium this weekend? He certainly does. It certainly does. All right. Here's the uh, tiebreaker, Josh. Saves in MLB tonight. Closest without I'm going gonna, over. Uh, 
play it safe with four. Four it is. Josh, thank you. Have a good weekend. Thanks very much. I appreciate it. And that will do it. Thanks to Claxons, 3131 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. Did everybody take Boston? Uh, No. One guy thinks Baltimore will win again. Yes, David at the beginning. He's going to take the Orioles to find a way into the win column. You know what? I'm kind of. Not your strongest effort. What else we got to come up with? It's true. Right? It's so true. I, I will guarantee, though, as you're uh, away next Friday, I am. We yes. will not have CFL. Probably not part of it. I'm, I'm not going to pick a CFL. All right. Matchup. Do you have do Do you have a co-host next week? I don't think so. Next Friday, I'll be out at the oh, Hawkeye Heaven Golf Tournament. So you'll have a bunch of former Hawkeyes will be there. Uh, Greg Bruner will be there. Oh, Jeff nice. Warner, Adam Haluska, Tim Dwight. Yeah, I told you Banks. that Bruner was my target when I put yeah. together that Monday evening. What do they call it? The short uh, uh, G Migs that Ross and Chris now do. Fast yeah. break. I don't know what it's called. What the hell did I call it? <laughs> that <laughs> Monday thing. evening quarterback and uh, and whatever it was. Yeah, but Bruner, before settles, because Bruner went to, uh, to Europe one more year. Oh, I got yeah, you. It was my original target. Well, maybe we can get Brew back with us. I'd be fine. Yeah. Well, he's like one of my favorite Hawkeye players. You know why I liked him so much I did? Because he was balding when he was 19? Yes. Exactly right. And he would get just unmercifully ridiculed when he was on the road. Fun loving dude. He must be. And that's yeah. why, that's why I wanted to get him. Yeah. That was why, that solely was the reason by, that I targeted him. Um, so yeah. So, um, you'll be, who else? Bruner, uh, football guys, Dwight going to be there? Yep, Dwight, Tavian Banks, Rodney Filer. Got a few others in the works, some possibilities. Maybe Matt Gatons will stop out depending on his Drake duties. Nice. Got a couple other uh, phone calls out there, but. Yeah, be about a dozen players. Should be a good time next Friday. We'll broadcast live. Wonderful. Well, next broadcast local is Murph and Andy at 2, then the Fanatics at 4. On Monday, the morning rush will start it again at 6. It's Miller and Condon. Thank you for listening. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.